0: This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance & Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance & Trust's book on Financial Stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. So today I have the opportunity to interview probably the most impressive young lady I have ever talked to. And uh, for those of you that don't know her, I'm going to have her tell the story. But uh, today we have swimmer Riley Gaines with us.
1: Hello. Um, That's a really kind intro and I'm so excited to be on.
0: Yeah, no, it was really fun. I mean, I look, watching you and your testimony and obviously just knowing, you know, standing up for what you did and all that stuff um, tells us that obviously you're brave. But in uh, getting to know you a little bit yesterday and, you know, you spoke at our event last night and you're going to speak here at the church tonight, um, you are very seriously and impressive. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. This past year, it's been, I mean, I, I've just had to learn, right? This is never something you can prepare for. This is never something that. I wanted, this is never where I saw myself. And so I've learned so much in terms of the media, in terms of the political sphere, in terms of social media. I mean, there's so many different aspects to this that I've I've really had to kind of make myself well-versed on. And so it's been interesting to say the least.
0: Yeah. So for the like two people in our audience that don't know (laughs) uh, what you went through, give like the short version of, uh, you know, your, your little story.
1: Short version my senior year, um, I was a collegiate swimmer. I competed at the University of Kentucky. Um, my senior year, where I proudly, let me mention, I proudly finished my career as a 12-time NCAA All-American, a five-time SEC champion, um, the SEC record holder in the 200 butterfly, making me one of the fastest Americans of all time, two-time Olympic trial, Olympic trial qualifier, SEC scholar athlete of the year, SEC community service leader of the year, a lot of amazing things. Um, But my senior year was special because I had made it my goal to win a national championship. And so I was right on pace through that until about the middle of our season, this person comes out of nowhere, a person I had never heard of before. And this is the first time I became aware of a swimmer named Leah Thomas. And for all I knew at the time, this was a girl who came from University of Pennsylvania, their senior year to post these nation leading times, um... Again, unbeknownst to me, this was anything other than a female until an article came out very briefly disclosing that Leah Thomas is formerly Will Thomas and swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania. And so when I read this, I was so shocked. Right. Um, But then I was able to look up who Will Thomas was because I was curious, you know, was this a man who was leading the nation among the men to now continuing to lead the nation among the women? No, of course, that's not what we saw. We saw this was a mediocre man. Ranking 462nd at best the year prior when competing against the men, to again now dominating every woman in the country, um, again by body lengths. And so, the NCAA saw no problem with this. Of course, they announced that Leah Thomas would in fact be competing at our national championships with us in the women's category. And this is this is the meet you train all year for. Um, it's the fastest meet in the world. It's where the highest level swimmers swim. And so it's what I had trained my entire life to compete at. And, again, it was my goal to win a national title. And so that first day of competition, we watched on the side of the pool. Um, This was not an event that I did. Um, So I watched on the side of the pool as Leah Thomas swam to a national title, beating, again, every girl in the country, Olympians, American record holders, in the 500 free cell, becoming the first man to win a Division I NCAA women's national title. And that second day of competition was the day that Thomas and I did race in the 200 free. We raced and almost impossibly enough, we tied. Um, so this meant that we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. And so upon tying,
0: I, mean, I don't think people understand how unusual that is. Though.
1: Yeah, yeah. We raced for a minute and forty seconds, and so to go, I think our time was like one minute forty-three seconds and fifty-two one hundredths. I mean, I mean, the, we weren't even separated by a one a one hundredth. Yeah. The, it's. I won't say it never happens in swimming, but that's incredibly rare. Right. Um, which shows me that God had His hand on all of this. That
0: that's kind of my my point yes. in it because I don't think if that had not happened, the outcome and no. your life and all that stuff would not be the same. No. Right? No,
1: yeah. no, it most certainly wouldn't. Um, I don't think I would have taken the same approach that I took. But but after we tied, we go behind the awards podium where the NCAA official looks at both Thomas and myself, and of course he's towering over me at six foot four. I'm a, I'm a measly five foot six compared to him. Um, and the official looks at us and says, great job. But you guys tied. And we only have one trophy. And we're going to give this trophy to Leah. Riley, sorry, but you have to go home empty handed. And I was so taken aback by this for him to so easily look at me and say, Leah gets the trophy. A male in the women's 200 freestyle. And let me reiterate, I didn't even want the object, the tangible tangible $5 production wooden dinky trophy. It wasn't about the trophy. It was about, again, the principle behind it. And so I asked the question of why, which is the first time anyone really had had asked why. And they didn't have an answer. This wasn't something that they gave him a script for. And so this official kind of stumbled on his words and, uh, uh, well, we're just doing this in chronological order. And I said, okay, G comes before T. So what are you being chronological about? To which again, he didn't have an answer. And I actually appreciate his honesty because this man, the official, he looked at me and said, well, they've made it clear that if Leah gets on the podium, she, they said, she, I would never say she, she has to hold the trophy. Um, You can pose with this one, but when pictures are being taken, that that's Leah's trophy, Riley, sorry, you have to go home empty handed. Leah takes a trophy. End of story. Um, And that's ultimately what thrusted me over the edge into no longer being willing to lie, because that's that's what they were asking us to do. They were asking us to lie by making, forcing us to smile and step aside and say that this woman, um, this proud, proud, brave woman on the podium, was actually that. Just that a woman. Beautiful, brave, beautiful. beautiful. No, it was lunacy, and so that that was the the point that I realized I couldn't do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about that, because, of course, we we know that, yeah, women and men are exactly the same totally. in all aspects. And um, but they've taken advantage of women in that yes. regard, because women are not naturally, you know, as high on the uh, disag- disagreeableness um, uh, level, not as aggressive, you know, some of those things. Right. So they they expected all of you to to just shut up.
1: Yeah. You know, they did.
0: go along with what we're doing here, you know, shut up, uh sit down, be quiet. Yeah. And they're kind of doing that across all of women's sports and a lot of women are going for that. Yeah, un- Unfortunately. So, you know, and then here comes you <laughs> that um you know, has the the moxie and the guts to be like, "Wait, what are you talking about?"
1: Yeah. No, it is. It, this is something that I mean, the really it's emotional blackmail what they were doing because when we um, when our universities, the approach they took is they told us we would never get a job if we spoke up. We would never get into grad school. We would lose all of our friends. You would lose your playing time and your scholarship if you spoke up. They told us that we can't take a stance because they have already taken our stance for us. Um, they, Leah Thomas's teammates, they were forced every single week to go to mandatory LGBTQ education meetings to learn about how just by being cisgender they were oppressing Leah Thomas. Um, when they sent an email to their administration expressing their discomfort in the locker room, there were 16 girls who signed on, plus their parents, um, sent sent an email. And I swear to you, I have an, a, a screenshot of the, the university's response back. And they responded back with, if you feel uncomfortable seeing male genitalia, here's some counseling resources that you should seek. They were told these girls, they were told if you do happen to speak out and any harm whatsoever comes towards Leah's way, whether that's physical, mental, emotional through social media, whatever that harm looked like, then you're solely responsible. And you're, you're responsible for a potential death. And you don't want that. Do you, of course, not. who would want to be responsible for a death? But that's why I say it's emotional blackmail. I mean, it, it is so concerning. Not only is just this, just an issue of fairness in women's sports, right? It really is the broader picture of how they're infringing on our freedom of speech and really our freedom of thought. They wanted to control how we thought, how we felt, what we said. And that should be really chilling to any American. That's not something that should be partisan.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it, it, it's disgusting. What we're, you know, fighting truly is a, um, you know, cult ideology. Right. And, uh, and so we're seeing this uh, foment, but um, I've been talking a little bit about, I do see some hope. I I mentioned it, um, you know, when I, when I spoke briefly last night that, you are getting organizations around the world now to start to recognize like the, uh, you know, one of the international cycling organizations said, oh, all right, we're done. You know, uh, dudes are not going to be competing in the women's division. No more biological males because there are distinct advantages. And anyone with a, with, a, you know, a working, functioning brain and any kind of common sense sees that, you know, we know that's true. Um one of the most interesting things that I uh, that I heard last night, because I'm I'm you know fascinated with hearing what the other uh, other side has to say, um, because I want to see how they you know I think it's important too for us to um, you know at least uh, be able to understand the arguments and uh, give them that opportunity to say their their piece um, before we say okay all right go sit back at the kids table but. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, Tim Poole, who I think is doing great work, has a new um, kind of podcast that he's doing uh, called the Culture War or something like that. And he had two drag performers on discussing this whole issue. One is is actually more conservative, and then the other is uh, is uh, very, very far left. And at the very end of the episode and the clip that I heard, they the um, Tim was asking about this question, asking about sports and the advantages that males have over females, and the argument when this particular advocate was you know kind of narrowed down was. Well, what's it? Competition really? And why is that important anyway? <laughs> should we really be competing? Was the was the <laughs> argument? That's a capitalistic um, structure. Uh, competition. It should be more about teams, and it should be more about <laughs> cooperation. All that stuff. So, you know, what do you say to that? Because you know, competition is healthy. Summer is here, and Good Ranchers wants to give you what you've been craving a nice summer steak on the grill. Can you hear the sizzle already? I'm not sure what your favorite steak is, but mine is literally every steak I get from Good Ranchers. Every cut that they source from local American farms is hand-cut, trimmed, and aged to perfection. Good Ranchers is proud to be a trusted source for high-quality, all-American meat, and they are the way to get the most out of your summer grilling season. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and pick up your box. They have ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, and all the delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, it's $30 off with my code BRICE. With 85% grass-fed beef imported from overseas, Good Ranchers wants you to put American meat on the grill you can feel good about and trust. Whether you're planning a backyard barbecue, a family picnic, or a beachside cookout, they've got you covered with honest, transparent products that deliver on quality, price, and flavor. This is the perfect time of year to easily change the way you buy meat. So head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRYCE for $30 off any box. Forget about the summer bod for a minute and focus on summer meats. With Good Ranchers, you can feel good about the 100% American, locally sourced meat you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting it with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BRYCE for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com today.
1: Of course it is. There's so much value to competing at whatever level that might look like, even if it's not in sports to competing in the workplace within relationships. I mean that, that drive to win and setting goals ultimately how important it is to set goals and do what you can to achieve those goals. It is so important. Um, The characteristics, the lifelong characteristics you develop from competing and playing sports. Speaking for myself, um, I wouldn't have the leadership to be doing this if it wasn't for playing sports um, the confidence, the security, there's so much value. And these people want to take that away from women. Um, that's the silliest argument. And I don't think they realize just how misogynistic that is, right? Like to say, oh, it's just women's sports. Who cares? It's just, and I hear this all the time at the state level when I'm traveling state to state and testifying on behalf of these fairness women's sports bills, these, these Democrat delegates or representatives or senators, they get up there and they say, oh, well, you know, it's just middle school girls basketball who really cares and and they're flipping the entire argument on its head this this was once a party that embraced feminism and embraced what it meant to be a woman and they recognized us and celebrated us as women based off of our own physical ceilings and while I agree with the point that here's I, I think the feminists movement is dismantled, right? I, I think I now can, cons- I would never consider myself a feminist, but I do now consider myself a modern day feminist. And what this means is just, um, I believe men and women, of course, I believe we're created equal, um, in God's image, but that being said, we're different. And that's not to say that women aren't strong. And that's not to say women aren't capable or that we're inferior in any way, but we have different skill sets. Um, we've our been, physical ceilings we've are been different. we
0: designed to be beautifully complementary. Yes. And, and men and women have, you know, equally important, but yet different natural yes. traits. And, it, and what an amazing <laughs> thing about I heard a comedian one time saying, you know, you know what my favorite thing about chicks is? They're not dudes. <laughs> Isn't that like the most yeah. novel idea? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and now it really is like a lot of these headlines and different things. And even if I were to have heard that argument from this drag performer, it's like, you can't even tell if it's satire or not. Right. It's like, you're listening to it and he's like, wait, is he being funny. Is this real? Does he really mean this? And I think it just shows how far gone we are as a culture.
0: Yeah, no, we've, I mean, we've lost our footing. We've lost our minds. And, and I think it's because we lost our, um, you know, Judeo Christian values. You know, we've, we've had them supplanted by this modern secular post-modernist crazy stuff. Um, How much did your faith inform your standing up? And let's talk about that.
1: It's been a huge part of really just continuing to do what I do. I'll tell you what, when I first started speaking out, um, of course, there's a lot of backlash that came with it. Um, But the hardest comment, the hardest hate comment for me to hear, again, being openly a Christian, I would have people commenting on my post, you know, you say you're a Christian, but this isn't what God would do. We have a God who loves everyone. And I struggled with this because, of course, I know we have a God who loves all. And so I had to rely heavily on my faith. I had to talk to my youth pastors, people around me who I knew were strong in their faith to get their advice. You know, am I doing the right thing? Because before anything, I want to live a Christ-like life before anything else. And so they, of course, reassured me, you know, Riley, of course, we have a God who loves all. But we also have a God who hates sin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's the one thing our God hates and our God created man and woman and our God doesn't make mistakes. Um, and so I think pondering with this thought and of course reading scripture and through prayer, we are here to communicate his message. That's why we as Christians, we as humans, that's why we're on this earth. And and God says in Luke, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, it's the sick. And, and I think that's why we're here, right? And so I constantly refer back to the term true love, um, our our opposition, they say they're doing this out of love and inclusion and tolerance and acceptance and welcoming and embracing diversity and all of these different things, but it is not loving to lie. And so when I think back to this term true love and and what that means, it is loving to say the truth, the biblical truth, objective truth. That's what love is. To affirm anything else is the opposite. That's not what compassion means. And and that's how our God acts and how he responds. Yes, he's a God of love, but he holds people accountable. Um, we That's why we fear God, right? Um, and so I've been spiritually awakened this past year. Um, right. I've seen so clearly how God works and how he moves and how he most certainly has his hand on me in this mission. But that being said, just as clearly... I have seen how his opposition works and how Satan moves through people and things. Um, Last time I was actually in San Francisco, I was met with ambush, right? I was assaulted. I was held for ransom for three and a half hours. And I looked those protesters, the hundreds of them, there was a sea of protesters. I looked them in the eyes. It's soulless. It's hateful. It's vengeful. It's violent. It really is. Again, they do it in the name of love, but it's none of those things. These people are desperately looking to put their identity somewhere, into something, and they're choosing this gender ideology to, to, to place a lot of their identity. But as Christians, the only place, as humans, the only place we will find satisfaction in ourselves and, and be truly happy is if we put that identity in Christ. And, and I've realized that this past year uh, more than anything, because when those protesters attacked me, I knew there's no hate in my heart because the first thing I wanted to do was pray for them. I just wanted to give them a hug. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> you look like you need a hug. Um, yeah. And so this most certainly is spiritual warfare.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I, I understand you got hit by a really soft Antifa hand, too. Sure, yeah. I sure did. Uh, white supremacy um, and working out have been tied recently together, so they can't work out. Totally. So they're, they're, I not, they're not going hey, to be I get strong. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance in Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, wisdom before wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-802. Um, uh, so one of the things that's that's really wonderful about what you're doing, though, is um, you're having an effect on other women who have been quiet up until now. I know you, there's a couple of other swimmers that uh, that have come out to kind of be, you know, joining the Riley train. Uh, Want to talk about that? Because that's Absolutely. amazing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it really has this past year, the amount of messages I've gotten. From parents, from female athletes themselves, from coaches who who just messaged me to let me know that my story is not unique, that they're going through something similar, whether that's a bathroom issue in school, whether that's in their sport, whether that's in their sorority, whether that's in prisons. I mean, there's so many different aspects where this is infiltrating, um, and so I've tried to encourage these people, embolden them. While I've been a megaphone for them in a sense, I can't I can't do this alone. We need more voices. We need more people. Unfortunately, who have been impacted by this to take a stance and acknowledging how this is harmful to women. And so being that person who encourages them, more and more people have come out. Um, there's a young girl. I, I saw a video of this young girl from North Carolina. Um, she was a volleyball player. This male on the opposing team, he jumps up, he spikes the ball, it hits her in the face, the girl on the other team. Immediately she was knocked unconscious and and I didn't find out until I just saw the video and I saw her pass out and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get in contact with her. And so I finally found my way to contact her. And upon contacting her, I found out that she's partially paralyzed still to this day on her right side. This happened last September. Keep in mind, it's July. So in these months, she's still partially paralyzed on her right side. Um, Her vision is still impaired. She that was unbeknownst to her. That was her last volleyball game she would ever play in when she was going to play in college. Um, she now has to have special accommodations for testing at school. And again, she's in North Carolina. And so I knew North Carolina was putting forward their fairness and women's sports bill. And so we had been talking back and forth privately for a few months. And so I told her, you know, Peyton, this bill is coming in your state. And if, if I, I don't want to pressure you, but if you don't testify, the other side will say it's not happening here. Yeah. You have to get there. I'll go with you. We can do this together. And, and she did. And she went. And so actually just this week, just um, I think actually Wednesday of this week, um, North Carolina legislature override, overrode the veto that Governor Roy Cooper, he vetoed the women in sports bill, um, but the Republican supermajority overrode it, which is huge news. They would not have done that without Peyton. And so to be someone who could encourage her to, to, you know, step up and and be a voice. She's protecting so many girls in the state of North Carolina and she doesn't even know it. Um, praise God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's stories of that. Um, I could take this whole 30 minutes. We talked to talk about just other girls, other stories, other people that I have helped, well, tried to help inspire and taking a stand. One of Leah Thomas's teammates, Paula, Um, who dealt with Leah Thomas in their locker room, in their pool, competing next to them and practice every single day. She's now been outspoken, and she has a lot of incredibly interesting— I feel bad to even use the word interesting. Of course, it's unfortunate, but really interesting perspective on why this issue matters. Um, She's actually Taiwanese, and so coming from Taiwan, where freedom of speech isn't— they don't have that same freedom of speech that we have, and now she's here— and the way University of Pennsylvania took that right from her again, she has a lot of really cool perspective and I, I've really been someone who um, stood alongside her and encouraged her the entire way to to really take a stand.
0: Uh, praise God. see I mean that's that's why I got put you in this position and and that's why he uniquely chose you and um, because you have that uh, that ability and you know now you're the new uh, feminist movement here is, uh, standing against having penises in um, uh, women's locker rooms. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, could you uh,
1: imagine five years ago, you would have had to say that?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, pre look pre pandemic, you know, these sort of things I think were so, you know, far fetched. Totally. And if you told somebody that this is where we were going to be, and it's going to be a direct result of, you know, some of these things that they're doing, the levers that they're pulling. Cause I believe a lot of this stuff is co- connected, right? Totally. Um, yeah, nobody'd believe you. No. They'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, roll my eyes now. No. Um, but it's interesting because, uh, remember, Joe Rogan came out against Fallon Fox, who was the um, right. transgender uh, mixed martial artist that, you know, ended up breaking a couple of women's faces. I mean, you know, destroying, right. cracking their orbital bones, uh, you know. Um and and he and he was remarking because he came out against that like that's silly what are you doing this is terrible you know and uh, and he received more hate than anything else that he'd ever done in his career and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa. what's going on here um, but that was you know kind of that little canary in the coal mine kind of a thing that we were going to get into this world pretty quickly um, the uh, the other point that they make and this. Uh, um, uh, transgender um drag performer said it on on Tim's show in this debate that um you know women um they are or these men don't always win, you know so it's like <laughs> it's like what's the point they don't always win you're acting like they always win well, of course they're not guaranteed to, and you made an awesome point um because you know not everybody's spectacular athletes and And and, you know, you you could I I can only dog paddle so you could beat me in swimming. No problem. I mean, I dog paddle pretty good, but (laughs) but that's all I can do. You know, I have negative buoyancy, too. I just sink.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But uh, um, but you uh, in front of the I think it was the Senate that you were testifying in front of. Right. Um, And you made the point about Serena Williams and all that stuff. So tell that story because I want you to also tell the rest of it.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's hard to keep your composure in environments where people are just spouting out craziness and lies and and operating with one functioning brain cell. It's It's like, like Twitter live. Yes. But in, yeah, yeah. But in real life. And so I've done the congressional hearings, I've done the Senate hearings and so I'm sitting in the Senate judiciary hearing, right? So there's three Democrat, um, witnesses and two Republicans. And so it was me and a lawyer, Matt Sharp from, from ADF. We were the two Republicans, um, and it's it's about LGBTQ issues. That was the broad picture of what this this panel, or I guess this hearing, was about. And so, of course, it's hours long. They're spouting off questions. And, and it goes to Senator Joe Kennedy, his time. And so he asked this lady next to me, who's the president of the Human Rights Campaign. Her name is Kelly Robinson.
0: Um, evil, evil group, by the way, in case anybody's wondering.
1: Yeah, look them up and what they do. Yep. And so she's the president. So she's sitting next to me and he asks her the question of, okay. And of course he's in his accent. Now, how many genders are there? And she just says back, well, you know, infinite, infinite number of genders. And so they go on for a little and she comes back with him. You know, there's articles he's asking about sports. And she says, there's articles that say, um, Serena Williams could beat many men in tennis. And so he looks at me. Okay. Now rally, what's your perspective? And so it was like a real time fact check because if, if, the basis of her argument is that Serena, like you said, if Serena can beat men in tennis, yes, Serena can, in fact, beat Senator Joe Kennedy in a match of tennis. That That's to no shock to anyone. But that's not what we're talking about.
0: I'm getting pretty good at pickleball, so I might <laughs> hey. be able to get her a pickleball.
1: <laughs> hey, I, I'd put money on you. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how this is never a lateral movement. You can never take an elite female athlete, put them with the elite men, and, and we'll win. It will never happen in any sport. Um, and so, you know, he asked me and I said, OK, both Serena and Venus Williams lost in a blowout to the 203rd ranked male tennis player. And as I mentioned, it's hard to keep your composure. But what I really wanted to say was not only did they lose six to one and six to two. This man was playing. He played 18 holes of golf before he played the-, the Williams sisters. He was drinking and smoking in between sets. It wasn't even close. He didn't even try. And even Serena Williams herself back in 2013 admitted Men's tennis and women's tennis are two totally different sports. I bet she never thought saying that back then would be controversial, but, but she admitted they're totally different sports. And if she had to play Andy Murray in a match, she would lose six to nothing in five minutes. She admitted it herself. Right. Um, that's what the argument is. It was never
0: controversial, no. that idea in the past. I mean, it's, no. uh, but but no, it started to, to creep in here. Um, I, I had a friend one time who had no experience in martial arts or, you know, jujitsu or anything. Be like, Ronda Rousey would kick your butt. And, you know, and I'm like, mm, no. And I uh, big admire her. She was at the top of her game at that time. But no, it, uh, she wouldn't she wouldn't kick the butt of my 16-year-old uh dudes right. that have been training for a long time, you know, that are just coming into their man strength. Um, and again, you know, not to take anything away from her performance or what she did for women's MMA, but it's a very different thing. Totally. And 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 even um that th- it relies on leverage and um uh technique and other things that um do benefit women tremendously and it's a really valuable thing for um women, but you know you you put a guy in there that also has skill that's pretty elite at his game as well and because of the strength now combined with that technique and everything else it's a it's a night and day thing well
1: we've seen this in women's soccer right we have Megan Rapinoe who don't even get me started um someone who really did fight for women in sports i mean i don't agree with her on on virtually anything but she was she was someone who fought for equal pay she fought for Equal rights and equal access and equal resources, when especially in comparison to the women's soccer team, to the men's national soccer team. Mm-hmm. She's undermined that entirely by her approach now. And notice how she's retiring. And notice that she doesn't have a daughter to defend. Yeah. Um. The women's national soccer team that won the World Cup, they lost to a 15-and-under boys high school soccer team. High school. I mean, these weren't even... I mean, it's crazy. How many how many boys, high school boys, beat the world record hundred meter track and field, uh, hundred meter track and field world record every single year? I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's a
0: clip going around uh, right now on social media, and I'm not sure what the context of it was, but it was a women's uh, top top tier soccer team and a men's soccer team, and uh, and you know the uh, the gal in the interview was like, "We're gonna crush you guys," you know, all that sort of stuff. And and it sounded like it was in good fun, but. It was six to nothing uh, in favor of the guys. Um, and, and you were watching, you know, the guys just willfully, you know, just no problem. Like, boom, you know, goal, 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 goal. Of course. Um, and, and so we know that's the case. Now, um, if it wasn't the case, then we would have things going the other way, wouldn't we? Yeah. Now, talk about your experience, because there was also a, you know, female swimmer that quote-unquote transition to a male that was competing at the same time while you were around. So talk about that.
1: Yeah. And I think this is – a lot of people don't realize this because I think the media hasn't highlighted it like they should. Yeah. Because at the same national championships where we had Leah winning national titles, who was, of course, a male transitioning to a female, we had a female, a born female, transitioning to a male. Um, Double mastectomy, swam only in a Speedo. Formerly Izzy, now goes by the name Isaac – and we were told we had to refer to her using he, him pronouns and entirely treat this person as a man. Imagine my my shock, anyone's shock who's on the pool deck. The 100 freestyle final, the top eight finishers in the country, right? You have a male in a woman's swimsuit with a bulge and you had a woman in a speedo. It, it was like the Twilight Zone. The proper zone. term
0: I've just learned is bonus hole.
1: Bonus hole. You had a woman. Yeah, you had someone, a bonus hole. <laughs> okay, haver. Now
0: for people who think that I'm just coming up with some, uh, you know, junior high locker room child joke, that's actually being no. put forward right yeah. now as the replacement term <laughs> for a woman's private part.
1: Yeah. No, it's literally in peer reviewed medical published journals along with cervix haver, uterus owner, administrator, bleeder, chest feeder, birthing person, birth I think, giver.
0: I think the junior high kids have taken over. That's what
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I do too. Yeah, we need to put yeah. we need to put the right people back in charge. But yeah, it's not going the other way. Men or are, women aren't going into men's prisons.
0: Yeah, because now uh, um what was her name again? Sorry. Isaac. Isaac Or Izzy. Uh, Izzy, Izzy so now but- Isaac. Uh, Izzy slash Isaac um, was a top performer uh, as a female and then dead last in everything. Finished
1: finish fifth or sixth in the country, in the entire country, right? These aren't scrubs in the entire country as a woman. And now as a male is competing on the men's team at Yale finishes dead last every single time. The one meet I watched of hers this year where she was competing against men beat only one male swimmer, and that male swimmer had one arm.
0: Am I allowed to laugh? I, I
1: think. I, well, I think they want us to, right? I think they want us to it's laugh. So absurd. Yeah, it is absurd. Yeah,
0: um, and I'm not laughing at the one-armed male no. swimmer. <laughs> no, no, but it um, is. It's comical. It is. No, it's it's uh, yeah. It's we're in an insane clown world, and I am so excited that you are working hard uh, to help us to put it right.
1: Well, it's. Um, it's a battle, right? I'm appreciating the little steps to get to the bigger picture. Um, the the cycling governing body doing the right thing. I mean, these we're making strides. I think more and more people are waking up and acknowledging um, the lunacy of this, which is which is a blessing. And so I'm going to continue on um, full force.
0: Awesome. Well, God bless you. How do we follow you and how do we support your journey?
1: Absolutely. My Twitter is riley underscore gains underscore. I try to post breaking stories. Um, today, I, I was highlighting Kamala Harris's tweets where she's talking about how women—we should trust women who who should know their own best intentions. Uh, I mean, just silly stuff. Um, highlighting how politicians respond, both good and bad. Highlighting breaking stories of this happening in women's sports, so people don't believe the narrative that it's a non-issue, and we're creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist because the problem is here; it is among us. And so, again. Twitter is Riley underscore gains underscore.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you squeezing this in. Of You're course. the best. And to God be the glory. Of course. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, Go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.